Welcome everyone to the Joint Multinational Readiness Center Train to Win podcast. I'm your host, Major Jason Turner, Deputy Senior Fires Trainer here at JMRC. For this month's podcast, we're going to discuss trends we're seeing that are impacting our firing battery's ability to provide timely and accurate fires. With me, I have Captain Frank Westbrook and Captain Chad Evans, both observer coaches and trainers here at JMRC, uh, who have operated at the battery and staff level. Uh, great to have you all with me here today. So each of the topics we're going to cover will shed light on trends we're seeing uh, that are affecting the HHP, fire and batteries, and FSCs uh, that ultimately are negatively impacting our ability to provide those timely and accurate fires. So the first top topic I want to discuss uh, is often what is the first priority of work uh, in any tactical environment, and that's going to be security. Uh, so Captain Evans and then Captain Westbrook, uh, could you please highlight some of the trends that you're seeing uh, at the battery level uh, with respect to security? Yes, this is Captain Evans. Um, so talking security, um, one trend that we're seeing here at JMRC um, is batteries security of the FDCs. Um, one of the things I've I've come across is um, the RSOP when the battery commander goes out and selects a site for the FDC. Um, either the FDC uh, is not in a secure place to defend itself or the FDC is in a bad location for security um, from enemy forces uh, with bad communications back to the battalion FDC and the battery um, guns. All right, team, uh, this is Captain Frank Westbrook. Uh, so when we're talking about battery uh, level RSOP, uh, this is integral whenever you're getting ready uh, to accomplish your mission. So once you get your mission uh, from the battalion, RSOP should be kicked out. Uh, it's a good planning tool. There's different ways that you can do it, map, aerial, recon, but the, the end state is the same. You want to get your battery into the position, the best position possible, in order to facilitate the mission set that's coming down from your higher headquarters. So it's important uh, to go ahead and make sure that you have the right, the right personnel available and you're looking for key things to make sure that the battalion can leverage your battery as an asset. Uh, you can do this in a myriad of ways. I've seen uh, being an OC, uh, sometimes the battery commander will take a small element out with himself uh, to go RSOP a location. You can bring an FDC. Some people even bring an, another gun out there uh, to make sure that they can get in position ready to fire quickly and efficiently. Uh, so it, it's important that you figure out what the mission is. And I, I know we hear this uh, old adage all the time, Met TC dependent. Uh, make sure that you have an accurate plan and you let your, your lower echelon, your, your section chiefs and your FTC know what you want to do and what you want to accomplish when you go out there. Site selection is very important and it'll tie into your security. It'll tie into your, your reach back to battalion with your comms. You need to be looking at all this stuff when you do your RSOP uh, and make sure uh, that your, your battery is able to get in position ready to fire as quickly as possible. And Cam Westbrook, you bring up a great point when you talk about RSOP uh, and who you bring out there with you. Uh, understanding you know, the threats that we consider in our environment, you know, there will be small teams or even unconventional forces uh, that will be out there. They'll be looking to uh, affect our formation. You know, our artillery and our fire direction centers uh, likely will be high payoff targets for the enemy. So as you push that element out uh, to do that RSOP, making sure that you have the requisite security to protect them 
along their movement as they're doing their RSOP. Uh, and in that transition between they've established a capability at that next position and we're pulling our other assets forward to uh, co-locate within that uh, artillery maneuver area. Making sure that you have security that can protect that element uh, is really important. So Captain Evans, if you could uh, provide us some insight on trends uh, as it relates to the headquarters battery uh, with RSOP and security. So for headquarters battery, um, one trend we're seeing is um, the HHB commander um, either has an easy time selecting or a hard time selecting their next forward position. Um, considerations the battery commander needs to take in it consideration is the uh, battery locations, um, where they're either going or where they're currently at, um, and also where the brigade plans on jumping. Um, so the, the benefits we have with um, having our battalion headquarters located near the brigade is um, the proximity of security forces um, that can support any actions that the battalion uh, may encounter. Um, so the proximity of security force um, with rearward, rearward considerations um, is something the HHB commander needs to pay attention to when selecting a forward position. Uh, this is uh, Captain Frank Westbrook again. Uh, Captain Evans makes a great point when it comes to uh, camouflage, cover, and concealment of your battery. Uh, utilizing your terrain is going to be key when uh, you're coming up against a near-peer threat. You're going to have uh, sensors that are looking for, quite frankly, high-value targets, which are our artillery assets and radar assets and things of that nature. Uh, so utilizing that terrain to break up that signature uh, of what your uh, weapons capabilities are and where they're located at. Um, this can be done in a, a myriad of ways. Uh, you can use the vegetation that's around. You can use dispersion. Uh, there's, there's plenty of ways to make sure that you make sure your uh, battery is not easily accessible, whether it be ground or aerial, uh, from the enemy. This is Captain Evans again. Uh, so to talk on um, camouflage at the headquarters level, um, one trend we're seeing is battalion talks are having a hard time um, camouflaging their headquarters. Um, not only do we see many antenna farms, um, but also easily detectable um, HHBs um, from high-speed avenues approach or roads. Uh, so one thing that I'd recommend um, is not only bringing optimal amount of uh, foliage um, or camouflage nets um, to hide those positions, but also um, having your security elements tuck into the wood line and disperse so that you don't give off a large signature um, at the talk. So thank you, Captain Westbrook and Captain Evans. Uh, some really great points. Uh, just to wrap up the last thing on security, I mean, honestly, if we don't have the FA Battalion's assets, uh, be it logistics and sustainment, radars, uh, observers, or our guns, or our FTCs, we don't have those systems in the fight. Uh, we don't provide any support to the brigade combat team uh, or our decisive action fight that we have. Uh, so we have to secure ourselves so we can stay in the fight. 
we need to be able to mass and we need to be able to provide accurate and timely fires. Uh, otherwise, we're simply not going to be an asset and we're not going to do what we're paid to do. Uh, so, again, appreciate those great points. As we look at uh, maintaining our ability to provide that accurate and timely fires, I'd like to transition into our next talking point, and that's going to be uh, database management. And that's all things that cover you know, our fire controller, the methods and control measures, uh, and the means that we use to provide safe fires for the brigade and for our fight. Uh, so I'll, Captain Evans, uh, former battalion FDO, uh, I'll pass it off to you. Uh, any initial uh, trends that you've seen, uh, thoughts and uh, TTPs on how uh, the artillery enterprise uh, can best manage uh, databases for our uh, safe employment of fires. Major Turner, you um, discuss FSCM management. So one of the trends um, that we're seeing is units are successful coming to JMRC who have a digital SOP for database management established prior to coming. Um, this is rehearsed in excess um, by the battalions prior to coming to JMRC through their DST program back at their home stations. Also, um, one thing we've seen is the brigade has to be um, diligent at managing FSCMs across all echelons um, with FSCM scrubs to mitigate um, large amounts of FSCMs that are um, out of play. Captain Evans made some great points when we look at FSCM management and I'd say uh, one of the things that uh, one of the TTPs that was a success um, for my team when I was a brigade FSO was establishing an FSCM and ACM management SOP. Uh, what that did was it clearly defined who and how we established uh, geometries uh, or put FSCMs and ACMs on our analog systems. Um, and what that really enabled us to do was maintain a level of or a quantity of control measures that we could uh, safely and accurately fight. Uh, one of the things that we often see a trend is units will create FSCMs and ACMs and the number of geometries into their AFATAD system and it becomes unmanageable. They can't do those uh, FSCM scrubs uh, quickly enough or effectively enough to ensure that they are providing safe fires uh, for their fight. So uh, as you're looking at your digital SOP and uh, database management, clearly defining how a FSCM uh, or ACM is requested to be established, who establish it, establishes it, and how long it's established for, uh, and who has the authority to uh, make decisions outside of that SOP uh, proved really important. Uh, it able to, enabled us to manage our analog and digital systems uh, without becoming encumbered by too many FSCMs or too many ACMs. Uh, it also enabled us to provide timely fires because we didn't have a three-dimensional architecture that had so many coordination measures that it impacted our ability to shoot. Uh, so that SOP, once developed, uh, understood at echelon between the field artillery and the infantry and cavalry, uh, fire support and field artillery elements. Once that SOP was understood and rehearsed during home station training and our digital sustainment training, uh, we were able to take that into our larger collective training events uh, and be efficient with our time when it came to timely fires. 
And ultimately, the Brigade FSC uh, owns database management uh, as it's the higher headquarters to both uh, the observers uh, as well as the FA battalion. And when that doesn't go right or when we have points of friction within our database management uh, process, it has second and third order effects down to the FA battalion uh, and the battery FDCs. Uh, Captain Westbrook is a former you know, fire and battery commander what uh, trends are you seeing uh, and based off your experience when it comes to database management that's impacting uh, timely and accurate fires? Hey, Sarah. So this is Captain Westbrook again. Uh, so the big three things uh, that we see that are issues uh, when it comes to database management is the firing battery FDC's uh, ability that they will have to recalculate uh, uh, due to a myriad of issues. Uh, target description uh, will be a terrain feature, uh, causing them to do a little bit more work to figure out the ammunition uh, required in order to engage the target, or simply having to change their, their fire orders uh, to, be, to be able to facilitate uh, whatever the target is that's coming down from battalion and ultimately the FSC. Uh, the, issues, uh, the issues that come from this are uh, directly because of lack of preferences or again, FISCORD approved fire orders or an accurate and up-to-date target list worksheet uh, from the brigade FSC all the way down to the battalion and down to the battery uh, for them to facilitate any targets uh, that come down. And a way to get after this and make sure that we can minimize the fire, fire mission processing time is utilizing DST uh, from the brigade all the way down to the battery and figuring out what issues that you're having with uh, your products uh, that need a little bit more resourcing or recalculating uh, so you can actually work that through before you actually get the ultimate fire mission and have to engage that target. And that doesn't mean that you just have to use DST. Uh, you can do internal rehearsals yourself. If you have a BOKPOK, that cold FDC should be uh, in line with uh, what that hot FDC is doing anyway. So if there's issues that they're having, uh, that's a good opportunity for you guys to continue to work your systems to make sure uh, you can get those fire mission processing times uh, down quickly and efficiently. And Captain Westbrook, you make some great points uh, when you look at the, the management of the database uh, and the second, third order effects down at the firing unit. Uh, and a lot of things, the points of friction that we identify uh, and the trends that we see can be managed uh, and mitigated up at the Brigade FSC with that digital SOP. Uh, creating those routine steps, those things that we rehearse uh, so that we can master fundamentals uh, will help us mitigate points of friction, self-induced most of the time uh, within our fires chain that are slowing down our fires. Uh, so the Brigade FSC really owns a large portion of that. Uh, process and making sure that when we do our rehearsals, uh, technical uh, or in person, we're going through the right level of detail. Uh, and when we're applying that to our digital system via our AFA TADS, uh, we're leveraging the AFA TADS to the max of its capacity and streamlining hu human inter intervention points uh, within that process by putting the guidances within our AFA TADS. Um, last thing you touched on there was, you know, changing fire orders, uh, mostly because our database didn't have the accuracy uh, that should be uh, put into it from our brigade FSC as we're doing our targeting process or MDMP uh, and developing those fire support products, with ult which ultimately get put into our database uh, to streamline our fires. Uh, 
Uh, one of the trends that we see when it comes to inaccuracies of databases uh, and, you know, as you mentioned, that, that effect down at the firing unit, having to recalculate a mission, uh, having to determine uh, what the fire order should be because, you know, the, the mission came down with a target description of terrain. Uh, you know, that impacts our ability to manage ammunition, uh, which ultimately impacts our ability to provide uh, timely fires uh, and mass on our enemy. So uh, one of the TTPs that we've seen is clearly defining from the FISCORD uh, standard fire orders based off uh, clearly articulated size of enemy formations for high payoff targets uh, or systems that we've approved through our targeting process to affect. Uh, Captain Evans, uh, also our senior uh, sustainer here for the battalion staff, uh, what, what trends have you seen uh, within the brigade, correction, within the battalion staff uh, when it comes to the impacts of uh, mismanagement of a database uh, as, it as it affects ammunition? This is Captain Evans. Uh, so discussing mismanagement of databases, uh, this also goes in effect um, when the fire order is something that isn't discussed at the brigade level. Um, so when the battery does receive a fire order, they are shooting the wrong munitions. How this has an impact on ammunition management is um, they're not able to clearly project what ammunition you are firing. So it's a trickle effect um, all the way to the FSC level and distro um, to resupply you with the correct ammunition um, for your future missions and um, also um, limit the trips necessary to take to resupply your battery with the correct munitions for your upcoming missions. Cam Evans, you make some great points. Uh, one of the, the major trends we see uh, at JMRC is a misunderstanding of our ammunition requirements, uh, partially through our targeting process and not determining the quantity of ammunition that's required to affect the formations uh, that we know we need to through our targeting process. Uh, and that translating down to the forward support company and the FA battalion and their ability to ensure we have the right ammunition uh, in the right place at the right time. Uh, so one of, the, one of the trends that you know, you've seen uh, personally as kind of our senior sustainer uh, OC, when, in, when a fire support plan makes it down to the battalion uh, and then the battalion does their MDMP and issues their orders to the company, the forward support company, uh, often we don't see a clear level of understanding of what needs to be where uh, and at what time. Uh, and one of the things that I think is important to note when we talk about the role of the forward support company, uh, they have their own tasks that they need to complete. One, securing themselves <clears throat> during their movements, uh, during transitions where they are either onloading or offloading resources, uh, and then making sure that as they're doing their forecasting, they have the right information. So when we look at ammunition management at the company uh, and battery level, being able to give them clear guidance, clear understanding of what they're being asked to do and how they're being asked to do it, uh, it it's a common trend that we see that's not happening. Uh, we are getting some fire support products, right? The battalion will do MDMP uh, and they'll develop a plan and they'll issue the plan. Uh, 
but often the pace of the battle is faster than the pace of our operations process. Uh, and forward support companies and those sustainers that are moving resources around the battlefield, uh, both ammunition uh, and those resources to keep us fed and keep our uh, guns in the fight, they don't have the, the level of consistency necessary to properly forecast in depth of time uh, what needs to be moved when and where. Uh, part of a second effect of a targeting process maybe not going out in the depth of time that we want it to, uh, that 72 to 96 hour mark uh, has effects on our sustainer's ability to forecast and anticipate requirements. So as we look at the forward support company uh, and understanding its distro platoon and the, the capabilities that it has, the requirements that we know uh, as an FA battalion will be put on the BSB uh, and their ACO, giving us the quantity of ammunition that we're going to need uh, to achieve the effects the brigade commander is going to ask of us. Uh, it's important to keep uh, in mind that one of the common trends is we are often uh, under predicting the amount of ammunition it's going to take to effectively affect uh, the enemy, the high payoff target formation that we're going against which means our anticipated requirements for the FSC uh, or for ACO-BSB is completely inaccurate. Uh, often we don't have the right ammunition in the right place uh, at the right time for us to provide those fires. Uh, so one thing, Captain Evans, I'm curious about uh, when we look at trends, when it comes to distribution of ammo uh, and predicting what we need, how does the FSC uh, or the battalion S4, how can they enable the FSC and the batteries to be better prepared to forecast and receive ammunition uh, as we look at decisive action? This is Captain Evans. Uh, so the battalion S4 definitely owes predictability um, to the FSC commander um, and also just their ability to do um, MDMP at the staff level. Um, they, they know a lot more than of what's going on in the future fights um, that maybe the FSC commander isn't necessarily seeing at his um, foxhole. So one thing that we've, we've seen a very lack of um, at JMRC is the battalion's ability to do a log sync. Um, for a log sync, um, I recommend having the battalion FDO uh, battalion S4, FSC commander, and the battalion XO all come together, um, discuss what the future fight looks like as far as ammunition um, projections and um, what um, CCLs are going to be needed uh, for the future fights. Um, this gets the FSC commander on the right track on how important his ammunition is for the batteries to have, what ammunition is going to which batteries, um, and definitely paints a good picture for the FSC commander um, in the future battle. Um, the last thing i like to discuss is also the BSA um, personnel. Um, we've seen a couple different things. If the battalion has an extra or an a, um, assistant S4, um, they can help out the FSC at the BSA for pushing um, and receiving ammunition from the division. Um, and also, we've also, also seen the FSC XO play a critical part in staying at the BSA location and um, receiving and pushing from that location as well. 
And Captain Evans, thanks for thanks for that insight. You know, really what you what you highlighted there was you know having the right people uh, in the right location uh, and having the right conversations will really help us predict what we need to know, uh, what we need to have, and where we need to have it. Uh, and when we look at the battle rhythm of the FA Battalion and how it impacts you know our battery and companies within our own formation, uh, that battle rhythm and being able to stick to the battle rhythm. Uh, is really important because it provides predictability. It provides a level of consistency of information. Uh, so one of the one of the trends that we've seen is when an FA unit uh, sticks to a solid battle rhythm uh, that focuses on uh, ensuring it understands the plan. So our operations sync or op sync, uh, it has a clear understanding of what logistics it needs and resources it needs to resources fight or our log sync, um, and they the units are aware of what. The overall mission looks like through our uh, updates, either our uh, commander's update or our battle updates, our coups and our buas. When we can do these processes efficiently uh, and effectively, and we have these routine touch points with leaders across the formation, uh, we're better prepared to understand what our requirements are. Uh, and one of the best battle rhythm events for the FA Battalion being that fire sink uh, ran from the brigade, including all the elements of the fires chain, uh, to include our fire and batteries and our FSE uh, within the FA battalion. That nightly fire sync really gets everybody on the same page with anticipating what's going to happen and when, based off our predictive analysis of the enemy and based off our targeting and what we need to affect and when. Through that battle rhythm and through that sharing of information in a routine manner, uh, it enables our battery and the FSE uh, to be better prepared, prepared to provide that timely and accurate fires. Gentlemen, I appreciate your time today. I think we talked about some uh, good trends at the battery and company level. Uh, we exposed some uh, requirements on the brigade FSE to enable our company, our FSE and our fire and batteries to provide those timely and accurate fires. Uh, and I think that the conversation um, hopefully will drive some feedback uh, from units out there. Let us know what you think. Uh, I appreciate everybody's time listening to the podcast. Uh, from all of us here at the JMRC Vampire team, uh, we appreciate your time and we look forward to uh, interacting with you in our next podcast um, coming up shortly. And it's going to be uh, the role of the NCO within the FA Battalion Main Command Post. So thanks again from all of us here at JMRC.